Welcome to Selfie Development, a podcast about the weird and wonderful world of wellness and self-improvement. Each episode, we look at a different wellness trend or practice to find out what actually works and what's kind of a waste of time and energy. I'm Katie Gordon, a yoga teacher and coach. I'm Annabelle Lee. I write about wellness. Come and find us at Selfie Development Pod on Instagram for more wellness chat. How are you doing, Annabelle? I am feeling good. Thank you. I'm excited to get chatting about the gut. Uh, <laughs> the gut. <laughs> what is the microbiome? What is gut health? What is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really understand this at all. I mean, it's everywhere, isn't it? Like probiotics, prebiotics, microbiome, dare I say it, fecal transplants. Uh, Sorry, Annabelle. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but what does it all mean? What does it? Is it just an excuse to sell us more? I feel like gut health is eating yogurt. <laughs> uh, that's like literally all I know. And there's a scene in Girls when um, Adam Driver's character says to Hannah, "Do you want a yogurt? Because there's a second brain in your gut." <laughs> that's all the knowledge I it's like that's quite old as well isn't it it's like now I, it like popped up on my instagram feed the other day oh, right hmm. but it does seem like gut health is a hot topic yeah and for legitimate reasons i think we can it impact on your mental health and people with ibs rates are rising at least they feel like they're rising everyone i know seems to have ibs and intolerances yeah have you got any not that I know about, but maybe if I did one of those mail-out tests, they'd find several things. Who knows? Yeah. My daughter had a dairy intolerance when she was very small. And so I, and because I was breastfeeding her, so then I had to stop eating dairy. Did that change? It did help her a lot. Did it um, change your body at all? Or? I don't think it had any impact on me. I do like oat milk now. <laughs> But, but I don't think I've got any kind of intolerances. It's just like preference for me. And I try to eat slightly less dairy, but that's more for ethical reasons. Than, right. But I still do, do eat dairy. But the industry around gut health is definitely there's massive. A, it's huge, isn't yeah. it? So much in terms of diets. Mm, and there's a lot of evidence-based supplements, which I hope we're going to dig into a bit and like find out what that actually means and how much evidence there is and how we can improve our microbiome, mental health, physical health, IBS at home or whether you need to see professional yeah. or whether it's just about eating a balanced diet, which usually is not bad for you, right? It seems that gut health is one of those things that's very like instified, isn't it? Like and TikTokified, I'm sure as well. Like there's a lot of people maybe not, 100% qualified to be talking about yeah. gut health when it's obviously such a specific thing mm. um, that I guess one of the concerns could be that we're doing more damage than good. Because my understanding is like that the gut has a like its own thing going on in there and they, and they, <laughs> that's the technical term that's yeah. it yeah, yeah. medically <laughs> qualified yeah. advice from me and that things can change it and impact it so I wonder if trying to do lots of things to try and like improve your gut health might inadvertently be not 
yeah, doing the opposite. Yeah, and I guess there's only certain strains in probiotic tablets or shakes or whatever. And can you have too much of a strain or are those strains always going to help everyone or is it will be certain people? Because some of them are pretty expensive. So if you're spending 100 quid a month on probiotics, you, you want to know that that's actually Definitely. making some sort of impact. Yeah. Totally. So we've got a very interesting guest to chat about all of us. Who have we got today? today? So our guest today is Rosie Hogg, who's a specialist gastroenterology dietitian, and she specialises in gut health and all the many things that come under that umbrella. She has worked as a gastroenterologist both within the NHS and in private practice for the last seven years. Brilliant. So hopefully she is going to help us figure out. Yeah, she's going to help us dig into all of this and, and find out what the evidence is for and against all these things. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. So we've got a lot of questions about gut health. Can you give us like a, a quick overview of, of what it is, what it means to begin with? Yeah, so I guess it's such a big, big subject. So gut health basically encompasses your gut microbiome. So when we're thinking about gut health, we want to think about our gut microbiome, which is the lining of our large intestine. And how our gut microbiome and our overall gut functions can give us clues and can tell us how potentially healthy our gut health is, how healthy our GI tract is, how healthy our immune system is. So yeah, it's quite a huge subject. <laughs> mm. um, and there's kind of lots of things within that. Um, so what exactly is the microbiome then? So the microbiome is, um, so that kind of lines your large intestine. So one of the last parts of your, of your GI tract. So within your microbiome, you have a number of different bacteria, parasites, fungi, yeast, and these all have really important factors to doing things within our body, whether that's helping with improving our immune system, fighting bacteria. So that's where all the kind of bacteria and stuff that if you take probiotics that's the bit you're trying yeah, to get to yeah it is okay. it is so there's a number of things that can impact your gut microbiome as well whether it's positively or negatively mm. so when we're first born if we are born through vaginal birth as we come through our, our through the vaginal canal our mothers provide us with all this bacteria and it covers our whole body in bacteria. And the same as even, even if we have a C-section, we are still, as soon as we're born, that's the first thing that happens. We get covered in all this bacteria and we start building it. Mainly the first two years of our lives is when we build up most of the sort of bacteria so that we're building up our microbiome. So obviously there's things that impact that. So if we're breastfed or if we're fed with formula, those kind of things can impact our microbiome. And then as we go through our years of life, there's a number of things such as how well we're eating, whether we're having lots of fibre, how well we're hydrated, if we drink tons of alcohol, if we're smokers, there's, you know, there's, there's so many things that actually impact it positively and negatively. There's also things that you can add in. So like, you know, things like you said, like the probiotics and things. Um, so you can influence it yourself you to can, some degree. Yeah, and sometimes your body will tell you whether you're struggling to fight off colds and viruses you know whether you're someone who you know constantly feel like 
after COVID, after that, you've really struggled to fight off all these these viruses and colds and things. Your microbiome could well be impacted by that. So by adding things in, it can actually improve your symptoms. Because sometimes if your microbiome is impacted, you might get symptoms. So this is where we get clients. So a lot of people who had COVID, for example, they then got like a lot of gut health, gut gut issues. So a lot of people, a lot of our clients, and it's through research as well, that they've suddenly had sort of IBS type symptoms. So they're getting bloated, constipated, diarrhea, all these things. And that's potentially, it's showing through research that that's because of COVID or it could be because of antibiotics or something where they've had to have tons of antibiotics because they've caught pneumonia or you know there's there's so much to it so um, the antibiotics can kill the yeah bacteria. so they can and they don't antibiotics you know they do choose where to go that's why you prescribe certain antibiotics for certain things they're targeted to certain you know diseases and things but it doesn't choose which bacteria sorry <laughs> other bacteria that it fights against so often you might find if you have to be on lots of um, antibiotics it will then yeah impact your symptoms because it's killing some of your good bacteria Mm. maybe a lot of it and we still don't really know with research whether we can get all of that bacteria back because we've got trillions and trillions and trillions of microorganisms in our gut yeah and we we're not sure yes probiotics definitely make symptoms better and it does build up the diversity but we don't know if we actually build up what you had before because there's no really a way to tell Yes, we've got stool tests, but there isn't it. It's it's only a small amount of like bacteria that it can look at. We still don't have that whole you picture. You can't tell someone's whole life and what that no. bacteria was before. Yeah, no, no. And do exactly. you know what bacteria are good ones to have and what? Because I was reading that like they still don't really know what is good bacteria to have at what levels. And is there like a standard thing that you're like, oh yeah, that one's great. Yeah, there is a few. So there's been loads of studies on different probiotics to say, okay, well, this one is good for this, this one is good for this. So we do have quite a lot of data. For example, there's a probiotic called VSL3. And they found through clinical trials, so really good study, randomized controlled trials, that having that specific probiotic can actually improve ulcerative colitis and can actually put you into remission. And that, so there's, there is some really good studies. So in terms of that, there's also some really like specific strains that are better for if you've had diarrhea because of having loads of antibiotics. There's certain like strains of bacteria that are like better for that. So some names like lacto- <laughs> lactobacillus and B. longum, like there's all, yeah, long all these long, yeah, yeah. <laughs> long names. But yeah, there's quite a few. There's a few that we tend to recommend like in our clinic just because there's so many really good studies behind them. But as you'll be aware, there's other ones that are recommended that there just isn't enough evidence. So it's, it's, it's very variable, but we do have a lot more than we did like 10 years ago, for instance. So There's a lot of kind of designer probiotics around now that are like really expensive yeah. and they call themselves evidence-based. But how do you know what that actually I mean you know what that actually means but yeah. if you're shopping for a probiotic how do you know which one to choose it's hard and mm. 
that's why a lot of the time we do always recommend like coming to like a healthcare professional who, ha- who does have that kind of knowledge because it can be more specific to that person. So it depends on your past medical history. It depends on why you're wanting probiotics. Is it to improve your immune system? Is it to improve your symptoms? So for example, um, we have some clients who have a intolerance to high histamine foods so certain like food chemicals so you know like you take antihistamines for right <laughs> if you have hay fever some clients need to be on this um yeah low histamine diet and that actually improves their symptoms and they should typically only take a certain type of probiotic because that helps build up the good bacteria to help them tolerate the high histamine foods better okay but if they took another one, like it will mean that they can't tolerate it as good as they would if they so took that one. So it could make things worse. It could make things worse. Yeah. Right. So it's really individual. So yeah. It's, it's really individual. But I think for the general population, like if you are wanting to take one, I think you want one that has a number of different strains in it. Because some probiotic strains may not actually reach the gut, the large intestine, which is where mm. we need it to get to. Because in your stomach, you have, you know, loads of stomach acid. It's there for a reason. But so some of the strains don't actually reach your yeah. large intestine. Right. Can I ask, yeah. uh, maybe this is a bit of a gut 101 mm. question. When we talk about gut then, is that the, the intestine, not the stomach? Yeah, yeah. So it's your roughly approximately your nine meter long GI um, GI tract. So your GI tract That's is your so mouth, long. your anus, basically, right. all the way through. So it's everything. So, yeah, yeah. So with gut health, you can impact anything from... Oh, so all of it. Like, so yeah. all everything, everywhere that food goes <clears throat> is your gut. Because I guess I thought it was sort of your t- like your stomach. Yeah. So so your GI tract is your mouth to your, mouth to your anus, basically. Yeah. But your... Actually, when we're talking about like kind of more gut health, we're thinking more about your intestines. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because people say like tummy troubles, don't they? Yes. Because they don't want to talk about poo. (laughs) It's not even the, like, but tummy means like stomach, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, and it's when we're talking about the gut, I just, it's interesting that it's not even like, do Mm. we actually understand, do we, (laughs) do we like understand this at all? And also like what you're saying is so interesting because when we're talking about gut health it's not just tummy troubles in mm. inverted commas it's everything like you keep catching colds or mm. tiredness what like what else can can that affect is that like your whole body the health of your gut can mm. impact it's linked to your immune system it isn't is it? yeah it is 70% of your immune system is in your wow. gut well, where's your, the rest like, of it then Oh, yeah. Uh, we need someone else to ask <laughs> yeah, that. Lots of, <laughs> many other places. Other places. All your, sure. cell, your cells and, yeah. And yeah. Your white blood fine. cells and, yeah. Wow. So, because so, gut health for me has like a connotation of, uh, yeah, like going to the toilet, feeling bloated, mm. but I wouldn't necessarily think keep getting colds. I would think the food that I eat might give me more vitamin C mm. and that might help me stop getting ill. But that's so interesting that literally the health of your your gut, it can impact 
Mm. I mean, like, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And it's only, like, in the last probably 10 or so years where we've just got so much more information about it and just seeing so many impacts. You know, and like I said before, like, even with COVID, they've done studies there and realised that if your microbiome was implicated in any way, i.e., like, you are on tons of antibiotics before and, you know, the chances of you actually having worse symptoms of like the chance of you more likely being hospitalized with covid was higher if your microbiome was implicated before and then it's a set it's similar they still need to do more research about it but if you had covid your risk of having long covid is higher if your gut microbiome is implicated wow. as well so it's it's huge and they're you know they're constantly doing so much research but you know the so more, yeah. Is that why it's become so big recently? Is because there's been much more research on it? I, yeah, yeah, it is. And I think so many doctors and universities are doing so much research on it and realizing that it actually is. Mm. <laughs> it actually is true. You know, there's so many research studies that have been done and tell you that coffee cures dementia and all right. this. And, it, you know, then it lasts in the paper for a week and then, yeah. <laughs> and then it goes. But actually, consistently we keep seeing the evidence confirming mm. you know that it's true and what about the link with mental health as well we've seen that in the press as well can mm. you tell us a bit about that yeah so with mental health and gut health there's potentially a two-way answer to that so we have our gut brain axis so our gut brain axis talks to our vagus nerve so if just to put it sort of more um, simply if we are stressed that can affect our symptoms for example so a lot of our clients they they come to us and I ask them are you stressed no no I'm not stressed I'm not stressed I'm absolutely fine, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm fine. okay I don't think my symptoms are impacted so I'm like okay well that's fine let's just say it could have an impact on your symptoms so we start working on dietary things and then we also start working on on their mental health as well. Mm. And actually the, the two combined are actually so important. There was a big study where they, it's a 12-week study, where they had two cohorts. One cohort was patients who were put on the low FODMAP diet, right. which is a diet which reduces these fermentable carbohydrates, for example, onions, garlic, Certain, like, really highly fermentable foods. Things that might make you fart. Things that might make you fart. Right, okay. Exactly. <laughs> is, that, is that, like, kefir? That's a... That's a pre That's, a, oh, that's something else. No, that's probiotic? a probiotic, probiotic food. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So is that something else entirely? No, 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 this is like, to, yeah, for this symptoms, is, right? Yeah. To minimize symptoms, that so you stop eating, like, cabbage, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's, like, certain fruits, certain vegetables, wheat, lactose, that they kind of cut down on for, like, anywhere between, like two and eight weeks right. um, and it improves their symptoms well not for everyone about 70 percent or so it improves so one of them one cohort did that diet and then the other cohort they um, were doing yoga and focusing on their mental health and the results at the end of it all of their ibs symptoms had improved on pretty much the same level mm. so it's really you know, that was one of that was a huge study it was really interesting to see Yes, yeah. diet helps, but also that had a really big impact on their symptoms. Um, Do we know what causes IBS at all? There's so many things. Right. So it could be genetic. 
could be environmental. So if you're a big drinker, that could affect your microbiome, which could cause you to have, you know, changes in your in your symptoms. Could be how we're born. So whether we were vaginal birth or whether we were a C-section, whether we were breastfed or not. Do you get more microbiomes if you're breastfed and yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I read something about. Babies who were, had C-sections that were given vaginal swabs yes, put on their heads to yes, help their yes. microbiome. I can't remember the study, but it's quite interesting. Is that why quite a lot of, this is a tangent, but is is the stuff about the baby's microbiome developing in the first years, why lots of young babies have intolerances? There isn't that anything to confirm it, but it does seem like that could have... So you know, just could be like, while it's in all relation. Like figuring it's because that's mm. what I just thought. Well, and then they grow out of it. Yeah, because quite often you can grow out of milk allergy, but you can't grow out of a nut allergy. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you do the milk, milk ladder, don't you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it just seems to me lots of parents who I know mm. children have got some kind of intolerance to something. It's just very interesting if you mm. kind of trace it back. Yeah, and I wonder, like. If what us as mothers and fathers, like I don't know if they're actually doing any research on it, but I wonder if does it depend on what our microbiome is like yeah. when we're actually when we're trying, when we're pregnant, like Yeah, if you're taking a probiotic yeah. when you're pregnant, does that impact on Yeah, or baby? yeah, or even when you're breastfeeding, yeah. I wonder. Right. So I don't I don't know if there is research looking into that. Because you can see really how a, a mum's microbiome might impact through vaginal birth and, and, mm. and breastfeeding, like those things particularly, and also just like the close physical contact, but generalisation, but like there tends to be less of that with the dad. But then there must mm. be some transfer maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I'm making up research. Yeah. But. Because if you were like, say, born and you were brought up on like a farm and you're constantly like covered in dirt yeah. and all that stuff, it seems like that could build up your microbiome more. So like... If your dad was a farmer or something right. and was constantly around and he hugs you as soon as he's home, you know. Yeah, yeah. covered in cow pats. Covered in cow pats, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there anything in that? Because I know I've heard relatives of mine who are maybe like old generation mm. have said, you know, it's good for the kids to like be playing outside and that's good for their immune system and all that kind of stuff. Like, is that, or, you know, like eat a dirty apple or whatever. Is that true? Yeah, there is. And... Yeah, it's because you're constantly surrounded by, you know, all those different microbes and all of that. You know, we have microbes everywhere, all over our body, on our skin, everywhere. So actually, yeah, it does help to build up that diversity. Mm. So whenever you read about supplements, it's always like choose a high quality supplement. But what does a high quality supplement mean? And are you getting what you pay for? Is it expensive, better? Yeah, it does sometimes depend on where you get the supplement from. Right. Because if a supplement hasn't been stored right, it might not contain the same properties that it did when it was first developed and what it was developed for. So that's where you have to be slightly careful with buying stuff online. And then in relation to that as well, there are companies who make fake supplements. So they'll make something that is very similar, but half the price. You you really do have to be careful. And that's why I always recommend with buying supplements, going to high street shops is actually better. And also going to certain like 
websites where you know that they're stored correctly. So, like the manufacturers, like website. the manufacturers. Yeah, exactly. So, somewhere like Amazon or something, you'd have to be. Sometimes you do have to be a bit careful there because, yeah, it might not be. It could be in a hot warehouse for six months or something. Yeah, because okay. some, like for instance, like some probiotics, some of them have to be stored in the fridge, so they should be transported to you in a cool van or something. Yeah. And if they're not, then some of the probiotics, the strains that are in there may have actually degraded. So you're not getting that full full benefit. Is there an advantage to having the liquid ones that are... No, no. Okay. That's interesting because they're usually a lot more expensive. Yes. The more expensive does not mean that they're better because you, right. you can get some supplements that are a quarter of the price and they will still... They'll do the same thing. They'll do the same thing. And I think it's really hard as well because some probiotics, some companies are absolutely amazing at marketing themselves Mm -hmm. and it doesn't actually mean that they are better. All of us, I kind of describe it, we've all, our gut is like our fingerprint. Everyone's is different. So how can companies say, this is the one for you, this is going to, you know, change everything? You cannot make that claim and some of them do (laughs) and when they're saying evidence-based does that mean that there's been like a small study on the effects of their probiotic or something like that if i mean yeah names but like (laughs) if they say evidence-based yeah they could literally have done a study on 10 people for for example so there's like some probiotic companies that they've done um some studies and it was only on like 30 okay people but some of the strains that are included in there probiotic have been studied on more than okay. that so have been studied on hundreds of people but it's not necessarily their product is yeah. the best okay yeah so yeah you do have to be careful and yeah definitely it's not always the more expensive the better mm-hmm. definitely not there's a um we haven't developed a uk one but there's lots of uk products on it but there's the us probiotic chart and on there, they've got a list of tons of probiotics that have been researched and what they're sort of are more beneficial for. So like the VSL3, oh, right. they've kind of got that one on there and then they kind of have a column to say what it's more beneficial for and then okay. the strains that so are in there useful. and why. So something like that is a, I think that's quite a good guide for people. We can put that in the show notes, can't yeah. we? Yeah. yeah. So again, there's another thing which would be helpful that you could, share as well so the uh, British Dietetic Association have some amazing leaflets and they've got all different like micronutrients that they talk about so vitamin D they've got a big one that talks about vitamin D and how much you need for whether you've whether it's for your child whether it's for you whether you've got celiac disease or whether you've got osteoporosis so that's a really useful resource and that's you know completely evidence-based like you can 100% trust that so that makes it a bit easier when yeah. you're choosing because you could, you know, you could spend so much money on supplements. Mm, there's one that's like a hundred quid a month. Yeah. And you, you really don't need to do that. Mm. You really don't. There's, again, not naming names, but there's like, you know, there's like different juices and stuff. And it's like, you don't, just because it's a juice, you don't, it, it isn't better. Right. But I feel like in our society, Juices seem to have this claim that they're so good for you and, you know, amazing for you. And that's that's why companies have made certain supplements that are as juices, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. Or like powdered supplements or something rather than a capsule. Because for us as a population, we sometimes, for a lot of us, we see 
juices or smoothies as like much better than the food itself or like a capsule or something I don't know Mm. do you think there's like a risk that people mess with the microbiome and it potentially ends up worse it's a bit like the the sort of idea that we talked about this before like we hate Katie and I both trained yoga teachers and this idea that you need Mm. to like twist like detox your body from toxins like you don't like your body will do that but like do you think there's a risk that we like mess with this system and we end up making it worse? Good question. I'm trying to think. I guess in terms of symptoms, yes, we could make things worse, definitely. You have, you know, I've had people come in and they're on all these supplements and probiotics and actually we just say, I don't think you actually need them. Let's stop them and things get better. So symptom-wise, I think there's a potential there. Like, could, I don't know about health and things. I'm trying to think. Could you take too much probiotic? Well, like if you were like double chugging your... on the kefir and <laughs> yeah, all the kombucha, and the kombucha yeah. and what's the possible? sauerkraut and all that stuff. Is that could you do? Could you overdo it? Or not not really? that I'm aware of. It doesn't sound like a great combination, though. I mean, a yogurt and kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's definitely symptom-wise. Like if you're having like loads of all these like yeah. soured foods and stuff, like it just pings to me like reflux. Like is it just yeah. going to make that worse? <laughs> is it going to give you heartburn? Yeah. So what is a probiotic and what's a prebiotic? And what do you need? Yeah. What, tell me what to do. <laughs> tell me specifically. <laughs> so prebiotics are naturally in foods. So you know when I was talking about the FODMAP-rich foods. So prebiotics naturally build up the good bacteria in your gut. So if you're eating something that has a large amount of prebiotics, so onions or garlic or something, they can help to build up the good bacteria. Whereas probiotics is actually live bacteria. So you're literally drinking, taking that capsule of probiotic, drinking your kombucha and it reaches your gut and it is actual good bacteria that reaches your gut. So actually having a balance of the both is probably more beneficial because with our microbiome, we want it to be as diverse as possible. So having a mixture is actually probably, you know, more beneficial. But I guess that's not truly a blanket statement because not everyone necessarily needs them. Yeah. And I think that that's the worry at the moment is that everyone's just going to keep, just start taking all these probiotics when actually they they, they don't need it. They're fine. Mm. They don't need it. This is a bit of a random question, but like what about something like gardening, which I'm quite into at the moment? Can that impact on your microbiome? Because I imagine there's like lots of bacteria and mm. organisms in the soil. Yeah, I think it can. And again, there's not enough research to say like sort of why mm. at the moment. But I personally think part of it is the therapeutic side of it. Right. You know, when you're gardening, I'm just saying, I, abs- I love it at the moment. I love it. I'm really into it. And I just, you don't have your phones, you don't have technology. Yeah. Like you're just in that moment and just enjoying it and you're out in the fresh air Mm. which actually being out in fresh air there has been some studies which have shown that that can actually build up your diversity so actually actually really there's not specifically on gardening but actually being out in the fresh air doing exercise Mm. exercise you know builds happy endorphins and it all kind of relates that way so I think it's personally I think I mean I'm not saying this 
because of like specific research, but I, I personally think it's more related to yeah. to that because okay. you might eat a bit of soil though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't be recommending. <laughs> what could people do if maybe they don't want to go out and buy a specific capsule, but if they want to make some small steps? Mm. So one of the main things which I would suggest is building up the diversity of the foods that you have. So there was an amazing study where they took stool samples from thousands of people all around the world and they looked at their diversity in their gut. They found out that the people who had 15 or less plant points, uh, their microbiome was much less diverse in comparison to people who had 30 or more plant points. So plant points meaning um, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, herbs and spices. So that is one of the first things I would start with. So the evidence has shown, yeah, to have 30 or more plant points per week, but it's got to be different plant points. So, you know, the five a day campaign where they say, yeah, have five a day. That's brilliant for like vitamins and minerals and everything. But our microbiome wants to be fed with lots more. <laughs> it wants different things. So having 30 different ones. So, you, you know, for instance, having seeds on your porridge, having seeds on your salad, choosing mixed seeds instead choosing mixed nuts having red pepper yellow pepper and green pepper mixing that up the variety is the main bit and having 30 different ones through the week will build up that diversity the, the study was a really really good study and it just showed how much it like, positively impacted um so that's the thing i do as I'd, I'd sort of sit down and say okay right what am I eating today? How can I add in different things? How can I change it? Even things like, you know, your salad, instead of getting an iceberg lettuce, have that. And then also add in spinach or get a mixed bag of lettuce or something. Because it's it's all that, you know, all those different foods that actually, yeah. Buy some random vegetables. Just buy some random in. vegetables. Yeah. Grow some random vegetables. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you get the double benefit. Yeah. yeah. The physical benefit. My gut's going to be amazing. Your gut is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more question. Mm. What is the difference between dietitian and Nutrit nutritionist? And what's the other one? Like a nu nutritional coach those or something? Are, yeah, or... those kinds. Of, what's the difference? A dietitian, as a dietitian, we have to we have to go to university and get our Bachelor of Science degree. So in dietetics, in dietetics, right. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we can either do that as a degree or as a as a master's, and within that degree, we go on placement. So we go on placement into hospitals. So as dietitians, we can look after the well and unwell. Nutritionists, they nutritionists also will do a, a degree, but some, as you might know, can literally do a two day course mm, and they can right. themselves nutritionist. So it's a really hard thing. There is the Association for Nutrition. So they have a list of certified nutritionists who have you know, gone to university, got their nutrition Bachelor of Science degree. But um, yeah, you, could, you couldn't do a two-day course and call yourself a dietitian, basically. Right. So if you go to a dietitian, you know. Yeah, had, you know that they've, had, yeah. they've, been, they, they've, they've done a, a scientific degree right. and they've been on placement. It might be slightly different if someone's... Um, trained as a dietitian abroad is slightly different but still they still get they've still got that like scientific knowledge mm. and I'm not saying nutritionists don't they they do but 
some yeah they could literally do two days it could be quite a varying it is, yeah it could be a levels, lot more varied right. <clears throat> yeah and then we're also on like a as a, as a nutritionist if you if, yeah as I said they'll be on like the association for nutrition and then dietitians we have to be under like HCPC and we have to be members of the British Dietetic Association as well so yeah, it's quite it's quite different, and that's what's so hard with being someone in society and seeing and following people on Instagram yeah. and believing stuff that they say because they say it with execution and yeah. they're so yes. you know it's it's really really hard. But I think finding yeah finding someone who is you know and you can actually see their credentials mm. means that you're going to make kind of the right choice for you yeah um, there's a lot of people talking about food who have no idea what they're saying yeah, yeah it's it's so frustrating and that's what we have to end up doing in a lot of our um sessions is we're kind of unpicking all of that right like a lot of people come and they're like i'm on these 10 different supplements and i've been doing this of whatever they've been doing um juicing diet or i don't know and you're someone's like, okay. told them to do someone's that. told them to do it and then then they're coming to us saying it didn't work okay there's a reason it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Okay. So if people do want to come and find you online, where can they where can they keep up with your work? So on Instagram, we're Oxford Gastro Dietitians, all lowercase. And then we've also got our website. So www.oxfordgastrodietitians.com. Dietitian spelled with a T, not a C, because it's spelled different <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, so we're on there. So on our website, we've got a blog on there. And we're also, at the moment, we're developing, in the sort of idea stage of it at the moment, we're developing a gut health programme, which is going to be around about kind of six weeks. And we're going to be talking about microbiome. We're going to be talking about probiotics, prebiotics. We're going to be focusing on mental health. So talking about gut-directed hypnotherapy, gut-directed yoga. So, yeah, it's all in the kind of idea stage at the moment. But we just wanted to be able to offer, like, a more affordable program rather Great. than just like the one ones as well so Amazing. yeah it's really brilliant yeah so keep you updated yeah. yeah thank you so much that was fascinating thank, yeah so interesting thank you very much for coming thank in. you so much for having me so gut health gut health that was fascinating yeah it's complex isn't it i found it really interesting that i i hadn't realized that gut health can mean so much more than just your gut that gut health can impact your immune system and your kind of whole body mm. health and wellness, which I thought was really interesting and kind of makes me understand why there's such a big focus on it. Yeah. Because I've quite often felt like, oh, I'm not really that interested in gut health because I don't feel that I have gut. You don't it, have it, issues. I don't really have any gut issues right. necessarily, probably too at <laughs> TMI, to think that actually making small choices, like the thing about the seeds or yeah. eating the different coloured peppers or trying to just increase the diversity of the food you eat, you can just make these tiny choices that aren't impacting anything. You know, I've got this stuff in the cupboard already or, mm. you know, I just thought that that was a really practical way to think about it, that you can just add an extra you vegetable can just add something yeah. in and or just be a bit more conscious about not eating the same food all the time or or why why do I need to have mixed seeds <laughs> that, yeah I think yeah I think you're right I think it's helpful quite often diet advice is like change everything only eat this but having something be like well broaden out what you eat is actually 
easier to do. And yeah, it's practical. You pick up an extra broccoli <laughs> whatever and have like two veg with your meal or three veg or whatever it is you do. That, that's straightforward and that's easy and helpful advice, I think. Definitely. But I guess it does get tricky if there are specific issues that actually you do mm. need to think about more seriously. And then I guess it might be, I don't know, not annoying, but it, it, it gets trickier to read and more complicated, I suppose, than if you've got all these layers of gut health, which is such a broad topic and could be somebody just wanting to sort of, I don't know, improve their immune system a bit versus somebody with really serious issues so it's hard to know you know where yeah if you've got serious issues then you need to talk to doctor or dietitian though so I guess it's that's more advice for kind of the general population but I think it's also really interesting and this is something we've we've spoken about before about marketing and and finding your way through these marketing buzzwords and what evidence-based means is really hard work. I think it's really helpful having that broken down a bit because it's wild out there and you could spend thousands of pounds and half of it could be wasting your money. So I find that really interesting because I've bought gut health stuff like on a whim <laughs> and it's made no difference to me, but I guess there's some people that, that it would make a big difference to yeah, I think it's about understanding what the issue is or what the thing is that you're mm. trying to improve or, you know, because if there is, I think there can be this, just this sort of sense of like general wellness, which is this very like nebulous topic, mm. Mm. doesn't really mean anything. Oh, I just want to feel better. But I guess the, you know, not to get too sort of goal setting y on it, but if you actually understand before you go into something, or start looking into something, what am I trying to improve here? And it might be something super specific, but it, you know, if it is just this general kind of air of like, oh, I want to feel better in myself or I want to, you know, it's that's quite hard to quantify and to know whether or not what you're doing actually is helping. Yeah, I was reading something um, yesterday, I was talking about how wellness tends to be like finding the one best way to do something. And actually... It's finding the best way for you and your body because we're all so different and we need different things in terms of movement, in terms of exercise, in terms of wellness, in terms of rest. Um, that it's like working out what do I need? What do I want to improve? What supplement might I try? Am I going to try it for three months and then buy it again? Or, or, or maybe that's not working for me and I need to see someone or... Maybe how I'm eating is, is fine and I'm just going to eat some carrot sticks tomorrow yeah. as well. Yeah, because I think, not to bring everything back to yoga, which I know I <laughs> do quite often, but I think certainly quite often what I have found personally when I've been feeling lost or, you know, when I was like maybe earlier on in my wellness journey, mm -hmm. um, you know, go to yoga and think, oh, I need to just sort my life out. I need to just do all the things. Mm -hmm without a sort of idea of what <laughs> what it is and yeah. I think there is this is this is one of the issues with wellness generally is that we don't you know it's so broad it can mean anything to anyone what is the thing like is it your physical body is it your mental health is it your you know or is it just you know I just want to 
feel better and I've seen this person talking about this thing and yeah. so I think I'll give it a go. And it's this pressure to do everything well and perfect everything. So going to yoga isn't enough. You also have to be vegetarian and eat the right food and drink the right drinks and not have too much coffee. But, oh, actually coffee's good for you, so maybe I should have a coffee. I'm not going to drink loads, but actually I might have red wine because it's, it's doing everything right is just exhausting. So finding a way that works for you, whether that's drinking or not drinking or doing yoga or, or just doing hit classes or whatever it is, you know, you, we talk about lots of different things on this podcast of what might help, but essentially it's getting to a point where you can try things out and be like, I don't care what anyone else says, this works for me or it doesn't work for me. Yeah, because there's this image, isn't there? There's this image of, and and I think with sort of food and things that you're ingesting, you know, this idea of like clean eating or like, you know, everything has mm. to be like perfect. And it and it doesn't, and it's never going to be like for anybody. I feel like that's come back now though. Like the idea of clean eating, of course, it's not called that anymore, but it's the idea of eating perfectly again. So you've got to have the right juices and drink your celery smoothie or, or whatever it is. And then ha get your microbiomes yeah. right and take your vitamin D and everything else. It's like trying to perfect eating. And it's just, it, you're never going to get there. Yeah. And also the, the, the microbiome now, which as I understand it, <laughs> is a state of flux. It is lots of things going on there. It's, right. it's like bacteria, isn't it? It's, it isn't clean. <laughs> That's the point. Mm that you need all this stuff working together in a slightly, I don't know, perfectly balanced, but like chaotic environment, which is like life. Like yeah. it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. But finding that balance, that like flux mm. position, that's like the best you can hope for. And then it's all going to change tomorrow anyway. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, only eating green things or something. Some sort of new diet. Thanks for listening. Come and find us on Instagram at Selfie Development Pod. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. We recorded this podcast at Story94. Thanks so much to Nick and Matt for editing and production.